0: From the Financial Times in London, I'm Patrick Jenkins, the FT's financial editor, and this is FT News. I'm joined today by Victor Mallet, our South Asia Bureau Chief, to talk about what may be one of the world's biggest ever cyber attacks, and even one of the world's biggest ever bank robberies. Victor, this sounds like a fantastical tale. What exactly happened? The Bangladeshi Central Bank has basically lost something like $81 million through a cyber attack. Is that right?
1: That's correct. And they could have lost Something like a billion dollars if somebody hadn't spotted a spelling mistake in one of the transactions, it seems. It looks like what happened is that sometime in January, some cyber criminal, and we don't know who they are yet, managed to get a piece of malware into the system. And then on February the 4th, a whole series of transactions were done out of the Bangladesh central bank's account at the Federal Reserve in New York and something like $101 million was transferred to a whole series of accounts. More than 30 transactions were made in Sri Lanka and the Philippines. It was one of the Sri Lankan transfers that triggered the alarm bells with one of the banks that was doing the transferring, it seems, when they saw what looked like an odd spelling of an institution. And the money from Sri Lanka, we understand, has been retrieved, but the money that went to the Philippines, around $81 million, does not seem to have been retrieved. So it looks, indeed, like they've lost one of the biggest amounts in banking history in cash.
0: So hardly surprising, then, the latest development being that the head of the central bank has resigned over this.
1: That's right. The governor, Atiq Rahman, who is actually due to retire in a few months anyway, I believe, has attended his resignation and it's been accepted and he's being replaced. So, yes, he's, I guess, for the moment, the primary victim, apart from the taxpayers of Bangladesh, who've lost a lot of money.
0: Now, there was a, an interesting wrinkle in all of this as to who was to blame for allowing this to happen. And I think at some point the finger was being pointed at the US Federal Reserve.
1: Yes. I mean, we don't actually know yet. Now, FireEye, which is a cybersecurity company, has been hired to investigate the incident, but they haven't gone public with what they found so far. So it's not entirely clear where the mishap took place. The Fed insists that none of its systems were compromised that all the transactions were duly authenticated and authorized, and that therefore it's not their problem. The Bangladeshis have until now been contesting that, saying that there was some problem with the authentication. But obviously the purpose of the malware, the malicious software, is precisely to replicate. And it seems that the malware cloned some authorization codes in the system in some way. We don't quite know how yet and made those transfers go through without anybody stopping them. And it was all done, incidentally, on a weekend. So it was a Thursday afternoon, I think, which is close to the weekend in Bangladesh, a Muslim country. And then there was a two-day weekend after that. So the timing of it, as it was described to me by a, a senior central bank official here in Dhaka, the timing was impeccable. And I think it was also a fairly slack time in the Philippines, where the money seems to have gone to accounts associated with some casino businesses.
0: To many of our listeners in the West, the whole idea of cybercrime in banking is a very familiar one and there's huge numbers of these attempted attacks that go on all the time and banks are always telling us that they foil them. Do you think it's in any way fair comment to say that in this case we're talking about, as one commentator on your story wrote, this is a third world country with third world cyber protection? That's why they managed to get through.
1: I think that's probably unfair because you know they're using the SWIFT system, we think and in order to do that, they have to have the same technology as other people using the SWIFT system. Having said that, different banks will have different and elaborate or less elaborate security protocols, and it may be that Bangladesh, like a lot of Asian banks, whether central banks or commercial banks, did not have absolutely... Uh, well, obviously, did not have absolutely sort of cast-iron security for these transfers. But in terms of the electronic systems they were using, they seem to be pretty similar to what other banks would use for a similar kind of transaction. There was a kind of smart card with some codes embedded on it, and that's used to authorize the transactions. But as I said, we don't actually know what happened yet. But certainly, there is a belief among cybersecurity consultants that many banks in Asia leave a lot to be desired in terms of their vigilance on uh, cyber security attacks.
0: Sounds like alarm bells should be ringing right across the region and maybe around the world as well.
1: Yeah, I think central banks and other banks are definitely very concerned about this and they'll be even more concerned if it turns out that there was no insider involved in this and that this was a straight malware attack from the outside. That would be quite frightening, I think, for banks around the world.
0: Victor, thanks for your uh, explanation of that interesting story. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy the FT's Banking Weekly. You can find this every Tuesday at ft.com slash podcasts.